0: hey
1: welcome to behind the message from corner church it's a talk my name is ty Uh, we have zach scott and greg today on this podcast along with me i don't get to be on often so it's kind of a treat um we're gonna really just kind of start wrestling with ephesians 2 and what grace means and really how grace impacts so many different areas so go ahead and join us behind the message Then maybe you can get beside the message or above the message or under the message <laughs>
2: One. Today we are uh, continuing our conversation through the Book of Ephesians. We're doing a contextual series where we're studying this, and uh, um, actually, just a, the backstory behind the backstory is that uh, I actually wish that we had recorded the last forty minutes of our life because we've been <laughs> yep. the heart of this whole podcast is to talk about what's behind the message, and uh, we, we had just had some behind. We just had some forty <laughs> minutes of just really wrestling with the complexity not just Ephesians 2, but the complexity of grace and what that yields to and what it leads to. But uh, I, I think a great place to start today is just, Ty, if you want to, uh, when we talked about, by the way, today with us is uh, Zach, Greg, Ty, and myself, Scott. And so, Ty, it's great to have you with us. But when we said we were going to be doing a, uh, a study of the book of Ephesians, uh, you got like this little like a new video game was just rolled out face. I don't, you yes. just got the, um, it's Christmas morning and you're seven years old. Uh, you're, uh, I don't know, you, I, I all right, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> Why do you like Ephesians so much?
1: Yeah, Ephesians is such a great book. Um, I just like studying the complexity of, of the Bible and, and some of the questions like you wrestle with. Um, Ephesians is really, Um, a hallmark of a lot of a lot of interesting kind of um, cross points Um, especially especially for like Paul's Paul's theology because there isn't a lot that's new in Ephesians Um, most of what he says he has he said elsewhere in Colossians or in Romans Um, but the way that he says it and some of the emphasis has changed is just really um, I don't to me to me is powerful and it's it's kind of the moment, the Avengers moment, where everything kind of comes together. Lots of themes and ideas that um, are found across scripture um, are are brought more to the surface. Um, Like one of them, for instance, is is, um, that a question a lot of scholars have is why does Jesus spend so much time talking about kingdom? And Paul barely mentions the idea of kingdom. Um, And in Ephesians, Paul is constantly talking about christ reigning and us reigning along with him so there's lots of of kingdom language in paul's gospel presentations that happen almost every chapter which is just so awesome to see the different ways that paul explains the gospel message so it's just really powerful in all these different ways
2: you did you didn't grow up in a mainline denomination none of you did i did no you you weren't confirmed when you were fourteen, thirteen or fourteen?
1: Um, no, I wasn't confirmed. My parents um, did this whole thing when I was thirteen. That like this whole
2: you became a man.
1: Yeah, became a man. They mm-hmm.
2: did, did <laughs> scripture readings and
1: all of that stuff. gave me gave me a twenty two rifle, which I still have in Missouri.
2: That's so uh, weird. That's... <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, it, uh, it was interesting.
2: <laughs> I but the reason I asked that is because I, I mean, I grew up, I was confirmed and the confirmation process or whatever is like, so you're cat, better than us. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows that if we're you, as unconfirmed, soon, as soon as you've done confirmation, that's when your parents go, well, you're confirmed. Now, do you want to go to church anymore? And 99.9% of kids go, no, I'm, I'm good now. <laughs> and, uh, but um the, Confirmation process, this catechism, catechism is this this picture of a summation, an explanation, a building of a biblical worldview. And Ty, I just want to like I'll put you on the spot here. If what the catechism of Ephesians giving you a biblical worldview, you've said some of that, but how does that, this book in its tightness, like the six chapters of compared to Romans or Corinthians, right. which are so much, how does the tightness or the succinctness of Paul's words build a catechism or biblical worldview godly worldview for you
1: um i think i think for me like paul paul really hits on some some very important themes just right off the bat the early chapters are much shorter talking about um, grace and how it isn't earned it's something that god gives us freely this idea that unity comes through christ that we're no longer um, separated by jew or gentile And all of this really builds into this idea that because of what God did for us and the way that that has changed us, it changes the way that we interact um, as Christians in community with each other. And even that builds into how do you as a Christian community impact the world around you, um, especially in trying times because Paul's writing this um, from one of his um, times in prison. And so there's this idea that like, Paul is, Paul knows what he's talking about when he's talking about weathering through difficulty and, um, and just the way that society, the way that he's interacted with society up to this point, and it's continuing to make a difference in society and encouraging the Ephesians to do the same.
2: Well Yeah, today, as we jump into Ephesians 2, the conversation is about grace and uh, we're going to be sharing together on Sunday. Uh, that's what we've been doing during this confined in place world but uh the the piece that i i drew that i'm going to be sharing is kind of like breaking down grace or breaking grace and uh i, I mean i'm not going to say a bunch about that now in this podcast but i think that it's so interesting to think about does grace exist if you're completely oblivious to it and uh, i'm going to ask people to have a conversation about that but um does it, is that is it real in a relationship with another person, is it real with God if you are, uh, again, just walking, uh, just unaware that it's right there, right there given to you.
3: You're like, okay, you're asking, like is, is participation necessary for it to be <laughs> real or be impactful? Hmm. I,
2: that that or is- Or like,
3: is it like to the, is, can it be similar to like, if you forgive somebody but you don't tell them does that matter to them at all is it
2: yeah and i mean and that would matter to you but how much does it matter
3: but is god's grace for him or is yeah. it for us see
2: now you're getting and so there. and then does our participation matter and i'm gonna throw out another one it just is like the best is that um can you be manipulated forced coerced shoved uh threatened in order to being a gracious person or to receiving grace and uh that's such a beautiful breakdown because like um i would say i would love to be forced it'd be so much easier but then wait but then i would fight back on that anyway it's so much fun what about you guys what i know you guys were processing more i i'm gonna try to break it i just want to mess it all up and then i'm gonna say all right you guys put it back together please
3: (laughs) put it together
2: uh Yeah, I like that question.
3: Can you be forced to uh, accept grace? I think the, um, I mean, my gut would just be like, uh, no, of course not. (laughs) But then I I reflect back onto my youth group experience and then I say, maybe. (laughs) Mm. I don't know. Mm. I don't
0: know. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't remember a lot of youth group moments of, you must receive God's grace take it take how much he loves you well I don't think
3: it was forced I think it was more manipulated yeah
0: no I guess what I mean is grace was usually not the topic of conversation
2: Hmm.
0: I mean the most poignant memory I have of youth group I still I've shared maybe once but the moment where my youth pastor was doing a you know heaven's gates hell's flames kind of thing and the sanctuary was dark and they put all the red lights on and there was a smoke machine and he was walking slowly and talking serious. And then he fell forward into what seemed like a hole that led straight down to hell. That was the moment when I understood that I need, I need God's grace because I don't want to fall into a hole. And I just, I mean, so much of our concept of grace, a lot of times, is connected to these beliefs or these ideas that we're just, you know, oh, I'm really afraid of hell or I'm really afraid of God, so I need to try and get his grace so that I can avoid going to hell or so that I can avoid being on his bad side and (laughs) completely miss out on what grace actually is and the purpose of it
2: let me bring this to the table i uh, similar uh, different but definitely similar experience a decade or two earlier than you but i i was at a uh, went to a friend's thing in a bigger town they had a a devotional evangelistic thing after a football game and this i i fully trust the heart of the person talking was pure yeah but the thing i remember so clearly is that since i was the probably the new kid at it I just remember him staring through my soul and just repeatedly asking, do you know that you know, that you know, that you know, that if you <laughs> died today that you would go to heaven and then you can know that and bring that to Paul's conversation today is that, you know, does my knowing matter when it comes to grace?
3: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I love what Zach said because I like, I want to ask the question, like what, If grace is something more than just like saving us from hell, saving us from something terrible, if grace is something to just like fix uh, something, like that's one thing. But if grace is like what Paul writes is that grace is, it's not about that. Grace is about so much more. Grace is not about saving us from hell. Grace is about giving us eternal life. Grace isn't about uh, keeping us away from bad things it's about giving us life that's full of so much more and uh and uh, yeah sure those things can both happen at the same time but
2: yeah
3: i think it's interesting that in ephesians up to this point paul hasn't written anything about hell
0: yeah i don't think he does
3: yeah i don't think he does either but he writes a lot about what grace has done yeah what grace is doing for us yeah which uh, I don't know kinda, why the church has been so stuck on that.
0: Yeah, you you are talking a lot about this, Greg. But really, the painting of where you were, and then what grace does in you, and then what happens because of that grace. I mean, we kind of we kind of get it out of order. We're like, oh, I'm, yeah, trying to avoid hell or afraid of it, so I'll go for the grace, and then you know, whoo, I made it, I'm in, you know. God get me to heaven but really it was actually before you knew Jesus before you understood this grace you were already dead in your sin you were already by nature deserving of wrath essentially you were already full of disobedience paul talks about that you know the ephesians they they followed the prince of the world they were already not in hell but essentially they were on Maybe. their way to living in this hell and you know, that sounds, this sounds a little bit like universalism. I'm not trying to paint that picture, but uh, it's just, it's backwards how we see it sometimes that actually he take, takes us from this kingdom of darkness, translated into the kingdom of the son of his light. I mean, completely brought over. That should change us. That should change what we do, how we see ourselves. That should change how I see the world around me, my neighbors. And especially should change how i see the body of christ other believers and how i interact with them and uh, i think that my breakdown when i don't understand grace shows clearly that i'm i'm missing it when i'm when i'm not seeing the body of christ well my neighbors my family members well something is happening for my understanding of grace It's, it's breaking down
3: yeah yeah i mean the i mean the simple definition of hell is separation from god and uh I mean, if we were living in separation with God, then maybe if hell was a place on earth.
2: Yeah, and the our conversation about this has revolved around if you remove grace from our perspective of God, that, that isn't the reality of who God is, again, which would be separation from God, hell. So if, if we don't get grace, welcome to hell on earth. Is that what you're saying? I think so like yeah. Uh, I
3: yeah. yeah i don't know i don't know it was a new thought and it popped into my head so who knows but <laughs> i mean the paul writes uh in ephesians 2 which is where we're spending most of our time on sunday this he covers all of the things like he goes through once again repeats himself uh just like he does for the rest of ephesians uh about the reality of our past who we were before relationship with god before christ when he talks about what christ has done the grace we're given because of who christ is and then he says therefore and i, I kind of summarize the therefore into three things like first is to remember who you were apart from christ so don't forget the reality of life the hell on earth that you were living before relationship with christ don't forget those things uh, and then because of that grace, because of what Christ has been given, we have a new, we're part of a new household. We're part of a new family. We're part of a new, uh, we have a brand new identity as members of God's household. Like that has changed. And that's like the changes is everything moment. Is, mm-hmm. It's an individual moment of me recognizing the new identity of who I am. And then thirdly, because of those things in salvation, the call is for us to join together as the body of christ or as a temple um i love temple imagery so i'm a little
2: i love that but we know greg it's great
3: it's the (laughs) place that god's presence dwells which is i think like the most powerful thing
2: yeah and when you get that we are the temple it just like is like mind-bending blows me away how can we be the temple that's supposed to be built with like all this extravagance It's because of grace and the beauty that Christ has built in us. And so, yeah, that's just like, okay, your illustration of the temple. I I get why Greg is so into it. It's good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. So, I mean, I don't like old Testament. I just, I mean, Greg's favorite book is literally my least favorite book of the Bible. <laughs> and yet the the temple picture is so powerful because the Holy of Holies, is this place where God's presence dwelt and it rested and only one person could even get close. That is now the place that he has made his home in our hearts. That Holy of Holies, he has literally established on a throne in our hearts. And that's kind of a like, it's hard to wrap my mind around the picture of that. But I think if I understand that, uh, wow, that can empower life to look so different. Just how I wake up in the morning is different. If I, if I understand that this God has set up his dwelling, his temple, his Holy of Holies is in my heart that affects everything. I wake up with a different purpose. Um, so we we'll do a little, little bit powerful. of study after this? <laughs> we probably <laughs> should.
2: I, the, thi- the thing, and this has been a, just the background of how we've gotten to this point in our conversations and our preparation is that it's that understanding shapes, moves, and changes us. But that reality existed before our understanding.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. But its impact is radically different when you walk into understanding. And the the thing that we're going to challenge just in conversation, challenge and internalizing and then externalizing this on Sunday is to go from, okay, yeah, grace exists. That's fine. It's over there. It's in the corner of the room, whatever to, Oh, Oh wait, I'm, I'm in this picture of grace and to see the impact, the change that happens in that is, is remarkable.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I think like, physical temple like each of us are a brick in the wall of the temple right and if i don't recognize that i'm a brick and i'm not playing my role as a part of that then i'm literally failing everybody else that's a part of that like i have responsibility in being a part of that
0: yeah i i I mean i literally wrote before that the the body of christ literally falls apart without grace and we we are called the grace that God gives us is not so that we can just sit in a room and wait for him to come back or wait for us to be dead so we can go to heaven. I mean, even the concept of eternal life is that it actually has already begun. We're, we're in Christ. We are seated with him. Our life is now in him and our eternal life. It's already started. And uh, he gives us grace to empower us into a life that we couldn't otherwise achieve on our own. Uh, I love like, Hebrews. The writer says uh, we can approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we will receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Paul talks in other places in Romans where he he talks about grace being something that is not just so that we can sit and kind of sit on our hands, but uh, there's a purpose to it. There's a, a reason for it. And uh, I, every time I read through grace in Scripture, I mean, it's just it's such a powerful thing that I can often feel like i'm disqualified from it but god's story of grace through scripture through paul's writings in in ephesians is god saying to these people these gentiles that uh i'm saying that you're qualified and i'm not basing it on your track record i'm basing it on mine and before you had anything to say about it i made this true it's it's been in place already so so what do we yeah what do we do with that when i when I really understand this is for me and it's for my empowerment, what do I, what do I do with that? And then what do we as the body do with that?
2: We're going to end this conversation with some form of where are you at in the process of understanding grace and its impact of that from that understanding. And uh, if it's so easy in a moment to go, uh, where are you in the process of understanding grace or internalizing or embracing grace or seeing its reality? And to just go, oh, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't really thought about it much. And that has to be like the moment like Paul would go, think about it. <laughs> 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 you, you, don't, you don't know where you are in the process. You, you got you to be because this is life changing. You know. And so um, hopefully this, this weekend is just a moment of resurfacing that to the process of where, where am I? Um, are we going to tell you where you need to be? Where you, where you, we're not going to evaluate you and tell you where you are, but we've each of us have to realize that we're, where are we in the process of understanding, and embracing grace, and seeing how that affects relationship with God and with others? And uh, pretty, pretty cool that we get to to be a part of that. And uh, God doesn't shame us for not knowing. Paul might
1: are <laughs> certain points Paul where Paul might. would be like, "Hey, let me walk you through the entire Old Testament now." Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. but. Um, I encourage you, uh, this is a, an unusual season in, in our world with, with the coronavirus. Uh, I encourage you to do a couple of things. One is that as people or organizations or whatever comes to mind, uh, I would encourage you to be a person that reaches out, that connects with people, that uh, sees a thought as a nudge by God. And uh, make sure that if you're wondering how, what, how they're doing, call them, text them. Zoom, whatever it is. Uh, This is a moment, you know, is, is the church the answer to this season? And the answer is yes, but the church is not just some entity or organization. You and I, we are the church. And so how do we provide for people? How do we help people? How do we care for people? Is by you and I helping, caring, listening, serving. And so thanks for being a part of that. Encourage you to get involved in a church community if you're not. Um, this is a, a strange season where online dating of churches is the way to go, and uh, um, to move from just the observational uh, catfishing. Is that is that a good? No, what, that's that's not the right church? way. If you I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't think. I don't think you know
3: what that
1: means.
0: <laughs> but
2: uh, mo- move to the reality. No. <laughs> move to reality is is my point i love it i love i say these things on purpose just to see the eyes roll <laughs> i just
0: sure. i just man i want you to use that like in everyday conversation okay that's good hey hey man will you stop trying to catfish me (laughs) (laughs) what 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 is this guy talking about
2: Uh, this isn't catfishing. get it get him even though it's it's different and it's challenging uh it's still radically important to get involved in the church community and so anyway thanks for listening in Uh, we'll see you later see you soon